Blog Talk Radio. God bless you. God bless you. Good evening. God bless you. This is Brother Aaron Williams, BTW Ministry. Seems like it's been so long since the last time we've been on the air with you guys. I know we were here a couple of weeks ago, but these in-betweens seem to be getting longer and longer. But I thank God. Thank God for you that are coming in with us and that are listening by way of radio, listening by Facebook Live or whatever um, audio, video, whatever type of communication that you're hearing this, you know, uh, we thank God for you. This is, again, Reverend Aaron Williams on Purpose Kingdom Network. This is our 1866th episode on Blog Talk Radio. We thank God for Blog Talk. We thank God for our online pastor and the uh, creator of this um, social media outlet, you know, and just this venue and this, um, I would say, avenue of pursuit for the people of God. We're coming for you. The word is for the people of God. You know, God calls. He said, you can't even come unless he draws you. So we thank God for his presence and for his spirit. God, we thank you and we bless your name for all that you're doing. We thank you for the word that you placed in our mouth. We pray, God, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. You know, uh, what we're finding in um, First Corinthians, and we'll get to that, but... Um, when I'm looking at your know, videos on YouTube and looking through Facebook and just looking not for content, but, you know, sometimes you just want to look for things that you can get encouragement, inspiration, or just hear what's going on, you know, like even as you watch the news. And it's so much, I don't want to say competition, um, but everyone is critiquing everyone. You know, um, and, and, and hey, I'm, I'm not talking about those that are heretics and those that are teaching false doctrine, you know, but just because your doctrine or I would say discipline, you know, um, some have Calvinism, some, you know, are, are Reformed, some are Baptist, some, yeah, and, and because of these different sets of um, religion or religiosity or, or Christendom, you know, we don't fellowship together. Um, and what I believe that Paul, for me, you know, uh, again, this is brother. You know, um, what Paul is saying to me is that you know now, listen, all, we were all carried away by these dumb idols, and I'm already in First Corinthians, you know, uh, twelve, the twelfth chapter. You know, the first verse, and, I, and we went over this a couple of weeks ago, but I still feel it relevant, you know, and urgent to continue to point this issue because we're a body. Listen, and it is a reminder that. We can't say to each other, because you're not like me or because I'm not like you, I'm not part of the body. We can't say that because we are part of the same body. You know, I, I understand that we have differences of faith, but part of, and we even emphasized this a few weeks ago, that the, 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 the need is too great. The, the losses are too huge. Things are happening. Wickedness runs rapid, and we're still fighting about doctrine amongst ourselves when the, the, the world, you know, people are going to hell in a handbasket. You know, um, I'm from the city of Brotherly Love. I've currently migrated um, a little further down south, but looking at the news from Philadelphia and what's going on with our young people, and not just in Philadelphia, but all over, you know, through the inner cities and all out our nation and even throughout this world where people are just coming against each other, you know, and the, the, the devil is smiling because why? we're still arguing amongst ourselves between baptisms and laying on of hands and speaking in tongues. The, the, the devil is killing off generations while we're still fighting amongst ourselves. And, and, and when, before I get into 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, this is one of the dilemmas that really bother me, you know, and, and I, I always tell people, if the burden is on you, if you recognize it, then it's because God put it in you to do something about it. You know, I, if I have two yellow crayons and I take a two-year-old or, or I, I put an orange and a red and, and I ask 
them what the colors, if they don't know their colors, if they haven't been taught their colors, they don't know a distinction. If I put it down there and say, give me the red, they might grab the yellow. If I tell them, give me the yellow, they might grab the red because there's no distinction. There's no knowledge. There's no insight. There's no wisdom in their mind and their understanding of what the distinction. They see that as two colors, but they don't recognize that which color is which. And it's the same thing in the body. It's the same thing with us. If it's in you to recognize, see, because first, we can't even understand. We, we can't even comprehend if God didn't give us the understanding. If God, if God gave you the burden, and, and this is always why it bothers me, why hands join hands. Why people that can sing or go to a church and, and, and critique the church if they don't have an excellent choir. No, no, God put you there and sent you there because you can sing and they need a choir. So that's why you're there. You're there, but no, we don't want to do that. We, we don't want to start the choir. We don't want to be the choir director. We can't play an instrument, but we can't sing. You know, we, 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 we're, we're eager to do it when we're the minister. We, we're eager to do it when we're the prophet. We, we're eager to do it when we can get put up on a pulpit. But then when it's the call to serve, the issue becomes, no, I'm not going to. They don't have this. They don't have that. It wouldn't, if it's not in you, you wouldn't recognize it. If you hadn't been exposed to it, you wouldn't recognize it. But because you see the need, then meet the need. This is why 1 Corinthians 12 is so critical. Because the first thing Paul says now, now concerning spiritual gifts, because he's went through all this, and, and we did touch a little bit based on the background in 1 Corinthians. Because 1 Corinthians was a carnal church. So 1 Corinthians, the, the, the city of Corinth was known for idolatry and all kinds of wickedness, all, all kinds of things were happening. And this same behavior, as, as Paul built the church did, the same behavior people were bringing into the church. They were naming the name of Christ. They were operating in the gifts. Of, wait, but I have, when I read this, I'm scratching my head, wait a minute, all of these things have an idolatry, even in chapter 5 where it says a man slept with his father's wife, all kinds of craziness was going, but yet in this church, the gifts of God were still operating, we would, we, we would have declined, we would have disqualified, we would have put this church on the, as heretics and moved them out of the body and said, you're not a part of what we're trying to do. You, but they were giving Christ a bad name. Do, do you know anybody like that? Do you know a congregation like that? They, they move. They have church service. They, they have church services. They, they have the great choir. They have the great evangelist. They have the great preacher. They have, you know, all types of auxiliaries, all types of programs, but yet their behavior, yet their character, yet what they do behind closed doors, what they do outside of the four walls is heresy, is debauchery, it's all consecrated. I can raise my hand on that because I was in that crowd. Went to church all the time and did all, but my lifestyle didn't line up. I was one of these members of the Corinthian church. If anybody has been like that, that's not the time to testify, but to recognize how God has moved us from death to life, how God has moved us from weakness to power to victory, from, from, from degradation to joy, from, from, from a place that was on our way to hell in a handbasket where we can raise our hands now in victory and rejoicing knowing that Christ is my portion. I love the scripture, what shall I render unto God for all his blessings? What shall I render unto God for all he's done for me? And then the next line says, I will take, wait a minute, because nothing we have, there's nothing we can give God that's worthy. There's nothing but the fruit of our lips, our praise, our worship, our life. Everyone wants to come after me. Let him first deny himself. Our life belongs to God. We owe God our life. But Paul reminds us in, in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, it says, look, all were under a cloud. All were under a cloud. All. All. Let me read what I got. All ate the same spiritual meat and did drink the same spiritual drink, you know, because they drank from that rock, and that rock was Christ Jesus. Listen, you can't get no better than that. You, you can't get no closer than that. You can't get more correct than that. God bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. You, you can't get no more correct than that. But the next line says, but not with all. 
was God well pleased. So, so it wasn't that they went to the same church. It wasn't that their doctrines matched. It, it, it wasn't that they had the same level of understanding because we want to use scripture. Why do we use scriptures so much that separates? You know, one, one, how can two walk together unless they agree? And Christ is our agreement. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our sanctification. Christ is our redemption. Christ is our peace. It, it's Christ. This is the mark. This is the rock. This is the foundation of where we agree. Now, we can move from there. We can move from there, but we need to begin to move together. The problem is that we had a, what a, what a pastor for the Bible said. It was, it was too many Indians. It was too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Everyone wants to be the head. I, I, you can't, we can't all be the head. We can't all be the head. It even depicts that illustration. Is everyone a foot? If everyone was a foot, where would be the hand? If everyone was the ear, where would be the seeing? If everyone was the eye, where would be the smelling? But God tempered it together. Where does your burden take you? Where does your burden move you? What do you find yourself doing when nothing else is getting done? Where, where do you find yourself helping? Where do you find yourself trying to move into or gravitate to when you come into the body of Christ where there's a need? There's no time for fear now. It's time for boldness to come. It's time for your confidence to come. But Paul, even because he reminded them that after they were doing all their riotousness, all they were doing, all their lifestyles was all chaotic, and they were bringing the styles and the character of the world into the church, even so much that in the next chapter, in chapter 11, he reminded them look, that even when it comes to the Lord's Supper, you, you can't bring partying, a party attitude. This is what we want to do. We want to bring that same fun. Because we, 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 we're getting fun and happiness mixed with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord comes from inside of your spirit. It's a part of the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But he anoints us with his joy that in the midst of everything that's happening, I still have joy. Yeah, tears may be coming out of my eyes, but I still have joy. I might be crying. I might be weeping. I might be upset. But I still have joy. And we can't allow the the things that moved us in the happiness, in the emotion of happiness to substitute for the true joy of the Lord that resides on the inside because we have the paraclete. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the one that was called alongside of us dwelling on the inside. God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit living on the inside filling us with his joy, not happy. There's a big difference. And what Paul was trying to deal with with the Corinthian church was idolatry, all types of idol worship. They had temples to other gods. They had all types of lifestyles that they were living, and they were saying the name of Jesus, but they didn't change their lifestyle. So Paul was addressing the lifestyles of the, of the people, the Christians that was in Corinth, because the world had come into the church. Now, does anybody know a church like that? Anybody know a fellowship like that? And it's not always easy when you don't have someone that's teaching right. When you, when you don't have someone, when, and this is something that I see a lot of ministers battling and, and coming against, and praise the Lord, we want to pray for them, you know, that are battling, but I want to be just the voice of the one that's saying, this is what we need to do together, because we got to move together. We got to move. They, they have to be a united front. It can't be splintered. It, it can't be fragmented. And that united front is standing on the doctrine and the name of Jesus. Now, concerning spiritual gifts is how it starts in, in chapter 12, because Paul had addressed it, all these different issues. And he said, listen, now, we've done all that. We, we, we understand that we were together. We understand we, they drank when they was with Moses. They drank of that same spiritual drink. They, they were all followed Moses. They were all under the cloud, but God wasn't pleased. So what, I'm, what he's trying to draw the relation to is that we, we can come to church, we can name the name of Jesus, we can operate in the things of God, but is God still pleased?
things. What this is why it tells us in Luke and tells us in the, the four gospels that it was it will be many that will say in that day, and I'm all the way back to that, that will say in that day, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Listen. You can get the Bible tells us and admonishes us and shows us we can cast out devils in the name of Jesus. We can perform miracles in the name of Jesus and God still not be pleased with our life. What a, what a tragedy. What, what a tragedy to serve church, to serve self, to make a name for ourselves in this world and have God say, I never knew you. Well, whoa, what? This is why Paul said now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be in a place of not knowing. I don't want you to be in a place that you don't recognize what's going on. Concerning spiritual gifts, you know that we were all Gentiles. Before we came to God, we were all created. We were all doing our own things, Sister Connie. We were all doing the things that we wanted to do. Paul reminding us now concerning the spiritual gifts because the gifts were operating. It, it still blows my mind that the gifts were operating in a church that was full of idolatry, in a church that was full of hypocrisy, in a church that was full of carnality, but yet the gifts were still operating. Gifts and callings come without repentance. God is showing that the, what he gives, he doesn't and retract. He gave it to you, and it's a gift, but we have to use it. But, yeah, we're using it, but see, it's not just for us. God allows the gift to operate because the gift is not for you. The gift is for those that heal you, those that you minister to. This is why Paul says, listen, I beat my body under. I keep my body under subjection. Why, why do you want to do something like that, Paul? Are you doing penance? What, what are you doing? Are you whipping yourself? He said, I beat my body under. I keep it under subjection. That, that unless I preach the gospel to others. I've done everything I'm supposed to do as a Christian. I've allowed God to use me. I've spoke by the utterance of the Holy Spirit, but I've preached to others, but I myself become cast away. I, I myself become not able to be a partaker, not fit for the receipt of the receipt of God when I come into his kingdom. Not fit or able. He says dung is another word that they use in the text. I myself, it says in the King James, become a castaway. What a tragedy. What, what a tragedy to come to a place where we're moving and operating in spiritual gifts, yet don't know God. And Paul says we were all Gentiles. We, we were all heathens. It says we were chasing after and carried away unto these dumb idols. They have eyes but see not, ears but hear not, hands but they handle not. We were carried away unto these dumb idols. Listen, even as we were led, led by our own flesh, led by our own understanding, led by false teachers, you know, that are preaching another gospel. Bible says that if anyone preach another gospel, other than the gospel that you receive, let him be accursed. And these are the warnings that you have to remind yourself, because this Bible reminds us again, many will come in the last days, you know, there'll be many false Christs. There'll be people saying not that they're Jesus, but they're preaching another Jesus. They're not coming and saying, I'm the Messiah. Yeah, and it is some that are saying that, but they're coming and they're preaching a Messiah that's not the one that we've received. They're preaching another Messiah. They're preaching another Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, wherefore, I give you to understand that no man, this is the part that really, uh, it really continues to grip me, that none can say, speaking in the Holy Ghost, that Jesus is accursed, that Jesus, and, 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 and accursed, you know, although the New Testament is Greek, accursed shows the word that means where it says that against what we've established, against the law against what the process is, against what is not just natural, but against what our doctrine is, against what the Holy Spirit, against the Godhead accursed, that is not a part of what God has put together. Like he says that the Old Testament is God concealed and the New Testament is God revealed, that it puts, it, it, it kind of 
complements each other. But if you work, it says if you're operating by the Spirit of God, you recognize how it fits. You ain't, you won't say, how does Jesus fit into that? How does that look like Jesus? Because the Holy Ghost gives us the understanding of how Christ fits in there. And it says, call Jesus a curse, and that no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And I said this a few weeks ago on our last broadcast. No one says that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And Paul makes that the stamping statement. He makes that the foundational claim that if this is what you're saying, if this is what we're declaring, then then this is where we start. We start that whosoever says that, and we, we know that some will come in and creep in awares as wolves in sheep's clothing. We, we understand that, but we have to stop. Let me, let me say this. I believe. This is my declaration. I believe that we have to stop that, that, that doctrine that I believe that doctrine is crazy of separating ourselves from people. We, we can't continue to try to orchestrate our own lives. Yes, I understand you're trying to avoid pain as much as possible. You're trying to avoid heartache. Who, who wants to hang around a person that you know is lying? No one wants to do those things, but I believe that God will orchestrate our lives the way that he wants according to his will if we would just continue to walk. God to do the moving. God to do the separating. God to do the pruning. God to do the scourging. God to do the correction. God will do it, the conviction. God will move. And then those that don't correct their behavior, that deal with you as a child of God, they have God to answer to. My God. And then Paul again, but yeah, let me, I'm a, I'm a, I wrote down, I wrote down something I want to read. Through all that, Christ is still recognizable. We want to make sure that Christ is recognizable. You don't want to go somewhere where to see Jesus, you need to bring a spiritual magnifying glass. In, and that's just to notice that Christ is in the place. The presence of God and the perception of the Holy Spirit should be evident in the service of worship, in the service of prayer, in the character of the people, in the ministering of the gospel, in the least, in, in at least one or more of those areas. You should be able to see and declare, yes, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Yes, they recognize that Jesus is Lord. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts. And we went over this a few weeks ago. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Paul wants, to, wants us to recognize that it's not you. It's not me. It, it's not, it, but the ability that we have is the giftedness that God gave. So it says that if we have ministering, wait on it. You know, if, we, if, we have, if it's giving, because some have people have the gift of giving. They said, do it with simplicity. You know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand doing. You know, we see a lot of people, they're doing a lot of giving, but they're doing it, they're grandstanding. You know, they're doing it broadly on Facebook, you know, showing a video. I'm, I'm blessing people. Yeah, okay, you have your reward. Your reward ain't in heaven. Your reward is the praise of men. And, and I know what our intentions are, but the Bible is clear. We have to think, don't think we can change the narrative of God. Because the position of our heart. You know, and that, that's what people think. They, they, they believe because they feel love. They, they feel the goosebumps. They feel the closeness to God when they think about God. But yet their lifestyle is far from what God already said. Listen, what God already said, God already said, that that's not going to change. That not in this time. That this judgment is already set. The book is already complete. This judgment is already set. What God has already said is what God already said, and his word is eternal. Do, do we recognize that God is eternal and that he don't change with culture? He didn't change with the Corinthian church. 
though worldliness and ungodliness had crept into the church, though idolatry and fornication and adultery, you know, they were suing each other, you know, had, had lawsuits against each other, all these things that they were doing in the church still did not change the mandate, still did not change the law, still did not change the foundation, still did not change the word of God towards their life. And we're still struggling. We're still struggling with how we should live. We're still struggling on what love is. And love, listen, this is the love of God, not for us. The love of God towards us. He already said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. He already declared his love to us through the death of his son. For unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, my God. His love for us has already been declared, but then it tells us that this is the love of God for us toward God. We, we already know that God loves us because he already showed his love. What you want him to show it to you again? You, we, we need him to show him and declare it to us again the way that we want it. And I always give the illustration when I talk about my grandmother and a sweet potato pie. She wanted a sweet potato pie. She didn't want coconut. She didn't want pumpkin. She didn't want strawberry upside-down cake. She didn't want rum cake. She didn't want the one, two, three cake. She didn't want any of that. She didn't want the pineapple upside-down. She didn't want pound cake. She wanted sweet potato pie, and everybody brought all types of pastries and dumplings and things from the bakery, things that they cooked in their own kitchen, things that they slaved over. And as they put the spread in front of her, she looked at everything and said, oh, this is so nice. And then she went and took a fork full of sweet potato pie and sat back down, drank two sips of tea, and sat back in her chair. And everybody was looking like, Grandma, you ain't going to taste this. You ain't going to taste that. See, she said, no, I don't want none of that. I told you I wanted sweet potato pie. That sweet potato pie is good. I'll eat some more later. I don't want the rest. Y'all can have it. Everybody was upset because they had slaved. They had spent money. They had spent time. They had spent and put in forth effort to do all of these things that they could do. But Grandma had already said what she wanted. Listen, folks. God has already told us what he wants. Holiness without shall no man see the Lord. It doesn't matter what gifts we got. It doesn't matter what gifts are displayed in First Corinthians 12 chapter. It doesn't matter what gifts are displayed in your church. It doesn't matter what you operate in. It doesn't matter the gifts that you operate in. I know some people that can preach people under the table. I mean, preach till the walls start sweating. And then they go out in their car and have an orgy go out and go to a hotel, go out and smoke crack, go out and drink and get drunk and get high, but they still flow in the gift. Listen, God is not mocked. Whatsoever we sow, that we're going to reap. Whether we reap in this life or in the life to come, we're going to reap what we sow. Ask me how I know. We're going to reap what we sow. Now the diversity of the gifts, but the same spirit, diversities of administration, the same Lord, diversities of operation, but the same God, which work of all in all. The emphasis is not on the gift. The emphasis, and if you want to look at what's the common denominator, the Lord is what's common in the diversity, in the differences of administration, in the, the differences and diversity of operation, what's common is the Godhead. What does our relationship look like when it comes to God? I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about prayers, but I'm talking about talking, talking to God. I'm not talking about saying, now I lay me down to sleep. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not talking about bless God, bless my wife, bless my husband, bless my children. God bless. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the prayers that we pray religiously, but I'm talking about conversation. 
with God. God, you know my life. God, you know my shortcomings. God, God you know my upsetting, my up, my downsetting. God, you know my upright. God, you know me altogether. You see this position in my life, God. I need your wisdom. I, I need your understanding. Can you lead me, God? Like God, guide me. God, change my heart. Change. However, we talk to God. There's a conversation that has to happen that moves us. That moves us beyond our own selves. But let me see. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit everyone. The profit with all. For unto one is given. And I go, I'm not going to go into all that again because we went through all that last week or the week before last. It says that I must jump all the way down. Back to 24, 25, where it talks about no schism. Because God tempered us in the body. God tempered us that we would fit. There's a saying that went around that I still use, that we get in where we fit in. There's a place that you fit that has been cut out just for you by the very hand of God. Thank God for the churches that have enough auxiliary that they can serve the neighborhood to a greater capacity. But where God has led you and is placing you, there's a place for you in the body. There's a place for you in your local congregation. There's a place for you that you're still looking for people that look like you, talk like you, walk like you, fit like you. Do the things that you do. But why would you go to a church with all hands? You need to be the hand in a church that only has feet. You need to be the ear in a church that only has a nose or that has a nose and an ear that we can begin to complete each other in ministry as we come together. Because as a body, there's a coming together. When the body is not together, it's called disjointed. When the body without its head, it's called decapitated. There are phrases and terms for a body that is not fitting together correctly. That's not, not, not just dismembered, where it doesn't have its members connected to it. Let's not be disjointed. Let's not be decapitated. Let's not be dismembered, but let's come together as the body of Christ under the banner of the word of God and the name of Jesus, that Jesus is Lord. And let's begin to operate in, as we, let me, let's read the rest of these verses in 1 Corinthians 12, starting at the 25th verse. We'll read these scriptures and bring us to what we need to be looking for. Listen, no one likes to shout more than me. I love it. I, I, I tell people, if you don't like to shout, it's probably because you was a wallflower before you got saved. <laughs> I, I wasn't a wallflower. I love to dance, and I still love to dance, but I love to dance with the joy of the Lord. I love to dance because I enjoy the presence of God. I love to dance because I believe that it's an expression of worship, that it's an expression of exuberance. Yeah, people, well, I only dance when the spirit moves me to dance. What? What about your spirit? And we, we, that, that, that's different. Because David danced with all his might. He didn't wait for the spirit. You know, <laughs> my soul will rejoice. You know, so anyway, anyway, there, that, that, let me read verse 24, then coming into 25. For our comely parts, those parts that are beautiful, those parts that we look at, those parts that we admire, wait a minute, it says those have no need, but God tempered the body. God put it together. Wait a minute. You mean, you mean the church that you attend? The members that are there, yeah, and yeah, listen, this is not for every church, so don't, don't quote Brother Aaron because you say some people, some people know there's some craziness going on that we've said done in the name of God just because gifts and talents out of the way, you know, and not always gifts of the spirit because, you know, we have singers, we have people that are charismatic, you know, and, and that move 
into the things of God because of gifts. You know, God's tempered the body together. Why? Having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Why? That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And, and, and what I believe happens is that when that person that's not popular, you see them flowing gifts. You know, it begin, people, begin, people begin to recognize people because of the spirit of God moving and not seeing people because of the gift they operate in. I'm going to say that again. Because God wants it so. You know, God wants us to move so. God, God wants people that, that, not the person that's so charismatic, not the person that's always up front, but God wants the gift to move in everyone. Giftedness, and whether you're in helps, whether you're in governments, whether you got word of mouth, whether you got word of wisdom, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Your church position, because some people think because they have a church position, it gives them the authority to move. It, it, and that does in the building. But God gives us authority to move in the body. Why? That members will begin to have care for each other so that we are esteeming others higher than ourselves. Why? Because when you see the man, the woman that's in the wheelchair, when you see those that, that are, I would say, what you consider or what we consider not as, not as talented as we are, and you hear them and they don't sound as good as we do, but when they sing, people begin to cry. When, when they pray, people begin to come up off of their sick bed. When they give a word, people come down to the altar and give their life to God. You're like, what in the world? What did they say? It's not because they said anything, but it's because the gift that God gave, God administers it. God moves because it's him. It's his gift. It's his operation. It's not us. We think it's because we preach so good. We think it's because we sing so good. We think it's because we move so nice. And people are always coming. And do you recognize that most of the time the comment is like, wow, God really used you. Most of the comments are, wow, you sang that song. Oh, man, you preached it. Yeah, you did. But did God get the glory? Did, did God get the glory is the argument. Did the glory go to God? Did they recognize God in the situation that the members should have the same care one for another? We'll stop esteeming people who operate better and treat them better. We'll stop doing that when we begin to put people in the place that they sit in the body, those uncomely parts, as God is tempering the body together, that there be no schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it, or where one minute be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. God didn't do it just by happenstance. He didn't just throw it together. He didn't, you know, didn't like, they, like they try to say evolution. It's just thrown into space. It's just chaos, and it just came and, and brought all this order out of nothingness with the Big Bang. It just brought everything. No, God, God put it together particularly. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by the very heck, my God. By the very hand of God, your gift, your talent, what God has given you was made and designed particularly for you to operate, particularly for your life, particularly for where God has you right now. The gift was given to you particularly, listen, by the very hand of God. And God has set some, and I always emphasize when he says some, not all, some. God has set some in the church. And then it tells us the order that's in the church, that's in the body, that's in the building. That, 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 and that's not always in the building because you see some people operating in these positions that aren't in the pulpit. That, that aren't, you know, in the front, that, that don't have a collar, don't have degrees, but yet they operate in these particular sections or members as members in the body. Six some in the church, first apostles. 
Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. And after that, miracles. Then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. And then it begins to ask questions. Because as we look at the body, we recognize how the body looks, how the body fits, how everything has not just purpose, but it fits. It fits me. You know, I always think of the illustration when I read this, of the, uh, that commercial. I don't remember what the commercial was about. All I remember is that the whole town, even the dog, had one strong arm. One, one strong arm. It was an arm wrestling town, and I don't remember what the what the what the product was that they were selling or that the commercial was about. But the women, the children, the men, the old men, the young men, even the dog was walking around with one big whatever was their arm wrestling arm was real big, and that's how we're moving. We're using only certain individuals. When God said, "I gave the gift to him too." But he's not a good speaker, but his, my gift is in him. I knew a young lady in prison ministry. She spoke so quietly and so delicately until she began to preach. You're talking about a transformation. You're talking about two different people. When the Spirit of the Lord moved through this woman, you would think it was a completely different person. And after she sat down and calmed down and stopped operating in the gift, her voice came right back to that mellow, soft voice. And she was just so delicate and so sweet. It was unbelievable. It, was, it would blow my mind every time God moved on because she was a, a different person. And people are afraid to move. Because we're comparing how Brother Aaron moved, how Brother Rob moved, how Pastor Toy moved, and we say we can't do that. And God said, that's because you're not them. I didn't make You're not them. I, I made you you. Operate in the gift and let me move through you the way I want to move and stop comparing your gift and your talent to someone else. That's why the Bible tells us that we are those that compare ourselves amongst ourselves. This is not wise. Why? Because we don't move according to their ability. We move according to the ability of God in us. Are all apostles, verse 29 saying, are all prophets? And that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Are all ears? Are all nose? If it were only ears, where would be the smelling? If we were only known, where would be the seeing? Where would be the hearing? Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And we look at, and we, we, we recognize, no, everybody don't do that. You can basically go to some denominations and some denominations, these things that are on this list, they say we don't even operate anymore. And that's fine and dandy, but they, if they name the name of Jesus, it's all still available. Whether we believe it's passed with the apostles in that time and it, the necessity of it, because there's, a, there's a, an apostasy that's coming, and, and you know that the false prophet is going to come with lying wonders and signs. You know, so what's going to be the difference? It's going to be just like it was in Moses' time. Moses laid down his rod and turned down, you know, turned into a serpent. The musicians from Pharaoh said, you ain't said nothing. They birds threw down their rod. They threw down their rod, and Moses' serpent ate their serpent. Moses picked it up, grabbed it by its neck, and it turned back into a rod. What do we have to show? in what God has deposited in us, that we are different from the world. We have all types of gadgets. We got all types of programs. We got all kinds of events and activities. But it's the spirit that draws. It's the anointing that destroys the yoga. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts. 
And if those things are not operating in our churches, I don't care how many committees you have. I, I don't care how many auxiliaries you have. I, I don't care how many activities you have. We're using carnal means, and those means will have to get greater and greater. We're using means of entertainment. Those entertainment means will have to be more drastic, more dramatic, greater and greater. And Christ is saying, the Holy Spirit is saying, God the Father is saying, come unto me. And he's not just saying that to the world. He's saying that to us that are relying on gifts, us that are relying on talents, us that are relying on our abilities to draw, relying on our creativity. And there's nothing wrong with none of those. But he wondered, why don't we challenge us? I challenge you. I'm challenging myself to be filled with the fullness of God, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Don't you want to see what it looks like to operate full, not just individually, but corporately, collectively, as a body, as a church, as a ministry? Don't you want to see what it looks like if we all, get filled. My God, hallelujah. If we all get a fresh anointing, if we all get a refilling, if we all, my God, mount up with wings as eagle, if we all, my God, it says, but we all, with open space as beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed to the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Maybe it's you. You're saying, Brother Aaron, yeah, I've been in church and I haven't really been doing what I know I'm supposed to do. I, I, I'm gifted. I'm talented. You know, God uses me, but my lifestyle, you know, the Corinthian church, I'm not worshiping idols and I'm not doing things that I think are sinful, but I'm doing things that I really think are not pleasing are not what I should be doing or things that are not bringing me closer. I want to pray for you, but I also want to pick, put the call out for those that don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sin. You don't know Jesus. We here at Purpose Kingdom Network, we want to make sure that when we minister, that we bring out and call out an altar call, that we open the altar, that you may give your life to God. And what we want to do, I'm going to say a prayer. And then I'm going to pray, and then we want to have some announcements, and then I'm going to come back with the final words for you. But repeat after me. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Forgive me of my sin and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I ask him in Jesus' name and to his glory. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and master of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. If you said what you meant, meant what you said, I challenge you to find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church, you know, that you may move into the ways of discipleship, that you may learn of him. Says, come unto me, all you that labor and the heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, you shall find rest unto your soul. Find your Bible church in your neighborhood, you know, where you live, and attend it, you know, regularly. You know, put yourself and attach yourself according to your gift. Talk to the minister. Talk to the pastor, you know, and tell them what you bring, you know, what you would like to get involved in, and get involved in the body. God, we do thank you. We bless you for each and every person that has prayed that prayer that already knows you. 
but they're desiring and they want to move forward closer. So I pray, God, even as you open up avenues of pursuit to you, God, that you would challenge their hearts, God, in the midnight hour to pray, God, in the early morning hour to pray, God, in the afternoon hour to pray, God, any time that they get a chance just to talk to you in the name of Jesus, God, fill them to overflow like never before, God, that they may operate in the fullness of what you've called them. God, give them ears to hear your word, to give them ears to hear your spirit. God, give them ears to hear in the name of Jesus as they move forward, God, whether it be preaching, whether it be ministry, whether it be singing, whether it be, God, word of wisdom, whether or not, whatever gift, whatever administration, God, whatever calling, God, however you're moving them, God, that you would move them even closer to you, God, even because we don't recognize, we don't worship, we don't, God, lift the gift. We lift you, the giver of the gift, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Someone's going to come on, Brother Rob or Pastor, want to come and give you some announcements. Then I'm going to come back on with the final word and the benediction. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much, Reverend Williams. I truly enjoyed the word that was brought forth tonight. So real quickly, this is a Product Purpose Cam Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you're listening to us online or via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and your support for us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also appreciate those that let their friends and family members know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a caller number, which is 319-527-6091. Also, if you want to hear any of our past shows, you can also go to that same website, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You just simply have to type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. We also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. We can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we do make major announcements on our social media pages as well as others. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter under the handle Purpose underscore Kingdom. Also, we do have a radio network, which is pkn.com. Please check that out. You can hear 24 hours of music of inspiration. And with God's will and God's blessing, we'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for It's Your Story, So Tell It, and that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice. Once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for It's Your Story, So Tell It, and that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. Uh, also, this Sunday, look out for our debut of our game show, it's going to be the PKN Bible Challenge. It's going to be starting at 8 p.m. this Sunday. So uh, please check it out. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and I want to turn the show back over to Reverend Williams. And Reverend Williams, uh, amen. Amen. Show tonight. amen. Amen. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you also for not saying um, I'm your favorite minister. Appreciate that, too. But anyway, we thank God for you, your Brother Rob. Um, Pastor Toy, you know, Purpose Kingdom Network, you know, we've been, you know, they've been committed on this um, line, you know, um, for how many years now, Rob? What, this is the uh, 10th year, 13th year? I don't know how long it's been, <laughs> oh, but it's been a while. God, God bless us, but uh, not, not that yet, uh, but we've been on the air since 2016 on May 9th. 2016? Well, it hasn't been 10 years yet? Okay, praise God. I thought y'all were on years before I got involved. So we thank God. But we thank God for you guys. You know, um, but even finishing out 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 says, but covet earnestly. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. This really blows my mind because God tells me in this scripture right here that I can desire the gift that's best for my situation. My God. This, this is how I'm interpreting it. Covet earnestly the best gifts. What do you mean, best gifts? What, 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 what? One gift is better than the other? No, but the best gifts in the, in, in, the, in the arena that if you're in a place and people are sick, you don't need a word of wisdom. You don't need the, you don't need the gift of prophecy. You need the gift of healing. So to covet earnestly, this is what I believe. Because the next portion of that, because um, you, you can see in, in the King James, after that first portion in this sentence, it said, but covered earnestly the best gifts. There's a colon there. 
So that thought is a full stop in the English language. It's a full stop, but covet earnestly the best gifts. I, I think a colon in the New Testament is just like saying selah in the Old Testament. Stop. Ponder that thought. What, what, does mean? what does God mean? What does the Holy Spirit mean? Covet the best gifts. What, what, what is there? Is there are, are some gifts better than the others? You know, or people, oh, that's why I want to be an apostle, because this is the best gift. No, no, no. And that, that's good as we move forward in teaching and learning of God, but covet earnestly the best gifts. I believe that as we move to this next portion of that sentence, and yet I show you a more excellent way as we move into the love chapter. And that was my challenge two weeks ago, that we not just move in reading, but that you we would begin to meditate on First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Begin to meditate on that, of one love and what love looks like, what, what the compassion of Christ. And I quoted the scripture, you know, before, before we uh, prayed, before we uh, did the altar call. You know, he said, come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. But then he gives us the answer. What, what, what I'm learning, because well, we, we want to make it so deep and so spectacular. We, we want to make it so powerful, you know, that we walking around, you know, like Moses. You know, I always think about that. Moses, you know, in, in, in the Ten Commandments on TV, you know, when Moses came, the angels start singing. And we know that the Bible even says that his face was so bright that he had to put a they had to put a veil over his face because the people were afraid to look at him. And he, he so and but then the Bible said that that ministration was to be done away with. Now we're in a new ministration. We're in it. Moses spent time with God. You hear this? Moses spent time with God so much that his face shined, that they had to cover his face. And they're saying that ministration of the Spirit and God moving with his people was glorious, but was to be done away with, that another ministration that was more glorious, which is the New Testament, the New Covenant, would be, would have room to come in. How? much more so does the light of the countenance of God want to rest upon you and I if we would just spend time with him. Not in not because of the gift, but because of him. Not because we want to be used, but because we want to know him. Because we want to know how to move and operate in the love that he requires. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Here's the answer. What you learn, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. When we stop chasing after the thing, yeah, it's good to come to rehearsal. It's good to practice. It's good to have your talent and hone in on your talent. Because the Bible even says, you know, strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use. Because we, we sometimes we, we just get better because we use it. Our discernment is more keen because we use it. Our gift is more sharp. Our discernment is more accurate because we use it. And But then to not focus on the gift, not focus on the talent. Not focus, hallelujah, on what we can do, but put our focus on God. What a wonderful body we will be. That's my challenge this week. We'll be back in two weeks. Our next broadcast is, Lord willing, July the 25th. You know, so we want to stay tuned for that. 
Just as a reminder, this is the 1,866th episode of Purpose Kingdom. And we thank God for each and every episode, each and every minister that ministers on by way of blog, talk, radio, Purpose Kingdom Network. And we thank God for you that continue to continue to tune in, those that will hear it. You know, whether you're far off, whether you'll hear it later tonight, whether you'll hear it whenever, because it's out there. It's going to stay, you know, posted for at least, I believe, 30 days, 60 days it'll stay posted. But for those that are hearing, I pray that God gives you ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God bless you. We love you in the Lord. Have a great night. Good night. Jesus bless he raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me.